0: Welcome to VitaLita Health. I'm Lisa Henderson, a registered dietitian nutritionist, a health coach, and a proud Gen Xer. If you're a Gen Xer, you've landed in the right place. I created this podcast specifically with you in mind to provide you with current high quality information about healthy aging during this critical point in your life. In this show, We'll talk about healthy aging from a whole person perspective and we'll discuss a variety of health topics from nutrition and exercise, to managing stress and emotions, to weight management, sleep and beyond. And we'll also discuss proactive and natural approaches to preventing or managing chronic conditions that those in middle age are at risk for such as prediabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and cognitive impairment, just to name a few. Also, be sure to visit my website, vitalitahealth.com, which is V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A, health.com, which is a hub for all of this information and more. Sound good? Let's get started. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about estrogen-boosting foods for menopause. So obviously, today's episode happens to be for Gen X women in particular. But I want to let you all know that this podcast overall will have content for all sexes. So if you're a Gen X man, stay tuned, because there will be lots of content that's relevant to you as well in the weeks and months to come. So let's dive into today's topic, and this may be tough to hear, so I'm going to rip the band-aid off right away to get it over with. Here's the shocking fact. Most Gen X women, such as myself, are now either in menopause and perimenopause, or will be approaching this stage of their lives in the next few years. How can this be? It feels like it was just yesterday that we were 20-somethings watching Dawson's Creek and listening to Matchbox 20 without a care in the world. For myself, my gynecologist told me recently that I'm perimenopausal, which is basically the same as premenopausal. I'm 49 and I went to him because I was having a couple of symptoms that I suspected might be related to menopause. He examined me and he sent me to do some lab work He looked at my levels of FSH and LH, which are follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. And these hormones are involved in ovulation and the menstrual cycle. My levels of both of these hormones was on the low side and close to menopausal levels. And he estimated that I might reach menopause in several months. And even though I had suspected that might be the case, it was still a bit of a shock to hear it confirmed. Because for women, the idea of menopause, especially in our youth-oriented culture, definitely has some negative associations. It means you're not a young woman anymore, and it conjures up images of gaining weight, weakened bones, thinning hair, hot flashes, wrinkles, aging. All in all, it just doesn't seem sexy. On the other hand, when I really thought about it, I realized it's a new phase of life, the next stage in my growth and evolution. So it's natural for it to be a time of transition. And there are definitely some potential positive aspects. It can be a time of having more freedom in your life, more independence, a time to celebrate all of your life experiences and the deep wisdom you've gained and to value that and see that as sexy because it is. And this is a time when you're also still young enough to enjoy some of the pleasures in life. And this could be through extended travel, through family, through enjoying being a grandparent, through doing work that is meaningful to you through enjoying sex and intimacy at a deeper level, through creativity. So as I'm pondering this, I'm changing my own mind about it because I'm realizing that how we think about this time is really important. I think it's much more helpful to stay open-minded during this time and enjoy all of these positive new experiences that are probably directly ahead of us, because you might be surprised and even delighted by some of the good things that are coming up for you. So now let's get into some of the practical stuff. For women in the US, the average age for reaching menopause is 51 years, and most women will reach menopause in their late 40s or early 50s. The perimenopause or premenopause stage is not only occurring just before you reach menopause, but this stage can actually last anywhere from 2 to 8 years leading up to menopause. So quite a long time. Most women will experience one or more symptoms of menopause. Decreased production of estrogen during menopause and perimenopause is responsible for most of these symptoms. Common menopausal symptoms include weight gain, hair loss, or hair thinning, insomnia, heart disease, decreased bone density, hot flashes, and also vaginal and urinary changes. Both estrogen and progesterone levels in women decrease during this time. These sex hormones are produced in the ovaries changes in ovarian function in the years leading up to menopause and up to a year afterwards leads to a decrease in the production of these hormones. In certain situations, your doctor may suggest that you use hormone replacement therapy, or HRT, to increase the levels of these hormones in your body. Whether or not HRT is recommended for you will depend on your unique situation, your age, and other factors. If you're like me and you're on warfarin, you may not be eligible for estrogen therapy or HRT, either orally or topically, because of the heightened risk of blood clots. HRT can have positive effects for menopausal symptoms, but it also potentially has some negative effects. Clinical trials, like the Women's Health Initiative, indicate that HRT may increase the risk of heart disease, stroke, blood clots, and breast cancer. If you're on HRT or are interested in learning more about it, discuss it with your physician to determine if it's the right approach for you. Okay, now that we've gotten the heavy stuff out of the way, are you ready for some good news? The first bit of good news is, no more periods. Hooray! Seriously, that is big. The next bit of good news is that you have some control over this situation. There are nourishing foods that you can eat that will reduce the symptoms of menopause and also support your health during this new phase of your life. These foods contain phytoestrogens foods that are a good source of phytoestrogens are helpful for increasing estrogen levels. Phytoestrogens are bioactive molecules that are able to bind to estrogen receptors in the body. So I'm going to go over now which foods contain phytoestrogens to varying degrees. Of these, soy foods have the highest amounts of phytoestrogens. Flax seeds are also a great source. So here's the list of foods that contain phytoestrogens. So number one, soy foods, tofu, tempeh, edamame, whole soybeans, miso, unsweetened soy milk. Next are seeds, like sesame seeds, or tahini, which is basically ground sesame seeds. Flax seeds, and keep in mind that whole flax seeds must be ground to digest and absorb them. Legumes and chickpeas or garbanzo beans. Hummus, which contains both chickpeas and tahini. Dried fruit, things like dried apricots, dates, and prunes. But with dried fruit, please bear in mind that it is nutrient-packed and contains phytoestrogens. But you want to limit intake to four or five pieces of dried fruit maximum per day, as they're also high in sugars. And last but not least are cruciferous vegetables, things like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, bok choy, arugula, collard greens, watercress, and radishes. So consider the foods I just mentioned, and you can also review them in writing on my website at VitalitaHealth.com. And think about these questions as you're looking over the list. Which of these foods are already a part of my diet on a regular basis? Which ones do I enjoy but don't eat very often? Could I make a conscious effort to include some of them in my diet more often? Which of these foods are unfamiliar to me? Am I interested in trying any of them? It's also a good idea to discuss this matter with your physician who understands your unique health situation to find out if there's any medical reason to avoid estrogenic foods in your diet. If that's not a concern, then I recommend that you consume soy and a variety of these other foods on a daily basis over the long term. Over time, this will reduce menopausal symptoms. As an added bonus, these foods are all also healthy, natural, plant-based foods that support your overall health and I think they taste great too. I really enjoy tahini, tofu, and dried apricots in particular. Which ones are your favorites? Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others who might benefit from it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star review. Also, be sure to visit my website, vitalitahealth.com that's V-I-T-A L-I-T-A health.com for a variety of resources including written transcripts of my podcast episodes as well as my blog posts on a variety of nutrition and health topics healthy recipes and links to the podcast also feel free to connect with me by email at vitalitahealth at gmail.com have an amazing day And I'll see you back here next week. This podcast discusses nutrition and health in an informational and educational manner only, with information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. This podcast is not intended to replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury. You should consult a physician or other trusted healthcare professional before adopting any of the suggestions in this podcast. I accept no liability for any loss or damage you may incur.